0: sermon and i'm not going to dissect every word that is said instead i want to tell you the story i want to tell you the story one that you if you've been around the church have probably heard before Uh, one that is common uh, but one that is very powerful and holds profound truth in this life and the next and it's a story uh, of timing of perspective, of faith, and ultimately, of resurrection. And so, as I tell you it, engage the story. Think about what's being said. Think about the meaning behind it. At the end, uh, we're going to take communion together um, as kind of uh, a way of interacting with what we have just heard and proclaiming what we have just heard actually answering the question that is asked in the story. So see if you can figure out the main question that's being asked in the story. The story takes place, um, obviously, thousands of years ago, and it takes place with two people that you might have heard of before, Mary and Martha. Now Mary is, is known, several of you know who Mary is, right? She has the story about anointing someone's feet with oil and then wiping it with her hair. Do you remember that story? Then there's Martha, and we hear stories about how uh, she was very busy, that she always made sure the people that came to her house wa- were taken care of. But both of those stories are for another day. This isn't the story we're talking about today. And so we find Mary and Martha, and they live in a town called, or a village called Bethany now bethany if you can imagine in your mind lay at the bottom of a mountain on the east side of the mountain and you could look out in the morning and see this beautiful sun rise up over the land now bethany was a small kind of quaint village and on the western side of that same mountain laid the huge massive city of jerusalem now, Jerusalem people traveled to all the time, and especially through Jericho. And as they went from Jericho to Jerusalem, they often stopped at Bethany, whether for food or supplies or even for lodging. But for most of the time, Bethany was a quiet village. It was quaint, it was just how the villagers liked it. Some of them worked in Jerusalem and would make about the hour, hour and a half trip. To there it's about two miles as they walked up and over the mountain and then saw the large city sprawled out on the western side of the mountain of olives mary and martha grew up in this village uh, mary and martha were born in this village and as any two young jewish uh, girls they were taught that the home was key that their job was to take care of the home and so as they got older, they learned on how to, the affairs of the house. And Martha always excelled at this, why Mary was often doing something else. And nothing seemed to change in this village. The sun would rise and the sun would set. But one day, something happens. Mary is down by the well, and she starts to hear some of the other women talking about this man and so she listens closer and they start to talk about a teacher that is healing people well teachers had healed people in the past but what these women were talking about was a teacher that healed people that were paralyzed a teacher that healed the blind a teacher that rumors had it raised the dead girl back to life. And as Mary listened to this, she got excited because one of the women in the conversation says, Jesus and his followers are coming to our village. Mary in her excitement runs home to Martha and explains to Martha, Martha, have you heard of this guy, this teacher that heals? Martha says, I- I've heard something at the well. And Mary says, well, he's coming to the village. We should have him over to the house tonight. M- our Ma- Martha is, Mary, have you seen the house? Have you cleaned the rooms? Do we have food to feed him? We can't have Jesus over to the house. And Mary sheepishly looks down at the ground and smiles at Martha and says, I already invited them. Well, this sends Martha into a frantic uh, and she starts to clean the house and prepare the food. And Mary, meanwhile, waits and is excited because Jesus, this teacher who heals who talks like no one else does did you did you know that the teacher would let women and children listen to him he wouldn't send them off it wasn't just the men that got to listen but the women and the children and did you hear that this teacher taught different it wasn't the same as everyone else it actually confused all of the leaders Mary was excited to have him there. But once again, I'm going into a story that I'll have to tell a different time. We'll fast forward a little. Jesus comes with his disciples to Mary and Martha's house. And over a time, they become friends. In fact, close friends. As Jesus continues to visit Bethany as he goes about The land of Judea teaching and preaching and healing those that are sick. And they start to form this relationship that even when Jesus was in Jerusalem, he would sometimes come back and take the two-mile hike back to Bethany to stay with Mary and Martha, oh, and, and their little brother, Lazarus. And such a friendship grew from that that rumors started to spread that, besides the disciples, Mary, Martha, and Lazarus were the closest people to Jesus. Now, this goes on. uh, For some time, Jesus would spend time uh, in the countryside talking, preaching, teaching, healing, and Mary and Martha, whenever they could, would go and listen Lazarus would go and follow Jesus a little bit and hear his talks as he sits on a mountaintop telling them things that they had never heard before. But one day, as the story continues, Lazarus gets sick. And Mary and Martha are tending to him. Martha in the kitchen making soup. Mary at his bedside with a cold towel dabbing his forehead. But Lazarus isn't looking well. And Martha decides, it's time to call a doctor. And the doctor comes in and looks at Lazarus. And then he pulls the two women aside to the other room. And he said, I I don't know how to say this. Lazarus isn't well can't do anything for him. He's going to die. Mary collapses in the chair crying. Martha covers her face. Our little brother, sick? You can't do anything for him? The doctor quietly walks out of the house. But Mary jumps up. Martha, Martha, where's Jesus? Is he near? Is he somewhere close? We could get Jesus. Jesus can heal Lazarus. You saw what he did with the blind man. You saw what he did with the others that are sick. Jesus can heal Lazarus. Martha can't believe she didn't think of this. She runs to the neighbors. I have to get somebody to go find Jesus. And then she remembers, the last time Jesus was here, he was almost stoned to death. The leaders are getting so tired of him and what he says that they are trying to arrest him. If we call for him, they will most likely set a trap on the road and he'll never make it. But Martha has a plan. And she goes to the neighbor and says, find Jesus. I think he's several miles from here, towards towards the east. Go find him and tell him, the one whom you love is sick. Martha thought to herself, this is a brilliant plan. Jesus will know. He always, he has a weird way about him. He always does seem to know. But he's told us before on how much he loves us. And so I know if the messenger gets to him, others might not know who this is, but Jesus will know. And so the messenger goes out, and Martha heads back home to take care of Lazarus, who is worsening hour by hour. Now Jesus is off teaching as normal with his disciples. And a messenger reaches them. And the message comes up to Jesus and he says, The one you love is sick. He is in need. The disciples hearing this are confused. The one he loves? Oh, it must be their friends in Bethany. Is it, is it Martha or, Mary or Lazarus? It has to be one of them. They have to be sick. But then in the back of their minds, they're also thinking, we can't go back there. Remember what happened? We barely escaped with our lives. Maybe Jesus can heal them from afar. Maybe he'll just say, go back, Lazarus is healed. That's happened before. But as the messenger leaves, Jesus turns to his disciples and tells them, this sickness will not end in death. The disciples are relieved. Okay, we, we don't need to go back. But Jesus continues and he says, The sickness will not end in death and it will ultimately glorify God. Now the disciples once again, as often they are, confused. Confused. The sickness won't end in death, and it's going to glorify God? They lean to each other. What does this mean? I'm sure Peter would have responded, it means we don't have to go back and get rocks thrown at us. That's what it means. And so the disciples, without thinking about it twice, stay with Jesus. Back in Bethany, however, Martha's sitting at the window, waiting For Jesus. But he doesn't come. Lazarus doesn't have much time. Where is Jesus? He has to be on his way. I'll watch the road. He's got to be coming shortly. He wouldn't leave us. He would come. He said he loved us. And that's when she hears Mary... Soft at first, call her name, Martha, Martha, and then more frantically, with urgency, Martha, Martha, Martha comes into the room, and she knows it, before she even looks at Lazarus, before she lays a hand on him, her little brother's dead, Jesus is too late. Martha scoops Mary up off the floor, holds her tight, whispers, It'll be okay. We have to start. Mary, we can't start. He just died. Martha, we have to start. We have to start. See, in those times when a person died it was considered a sin a, a grievous sin if you let the body stay overnight and so when a person died they would instantly start getting them ready for burial so that they could bury them that day and so Martha and Mary in all of their grief have to go and tell their neighbors and their families and their friends our brother is dead the burial will be in a couple hours and they have to take their brother and they as the custom of the land have to wash him they have to give him a haircut they have to trim his nails and then the neighbors come, and the, and the other women's bringing fresh cloths and linens, and they rip them into shreds and start to tie their brother, their little brother up, and get him ready for burial. They anoint him with oil and spices. They take the last cloth and wrap it around his face, covering his face. They roll him on to several boards attached to two long poles. And the men of the village pick and hoist him up and start to carry him out of the home to be buried. By this point, every relative and friend is there, weeping and wailing. Wailing. In fact in those times you would even pay those who didn't know him to come and weep and wail and so in all likelihood the entire village is there weeping and wailing at the loss of young Lazarus. And they start the procession down the road and out of the village to the tomb where they'd bury him. When they get there it's a small cave And the men carry Lazarus into the cave and lay him down. And then they come back out and they take the stone and roll it over the mouth of the cave. Then they paint it white, letting all know a dead man rests inside. Mary is weeping in Martha's shoulder. Where is Jesus? He said he loved us. We sent the message. Where is Jesus? He never came. Now for the next several days, uh, the town would come into the house of Mary and Martha and sit with them. For at least a week, they would sit and mourn the loss of their brother. They would bring food in and, and, and supply them with food to eat so that they could mourn properly. They would have ripped their clothes and poured ashes over their bodies to describe what they were feeling to anyone that saw them. And so Mary and Martha are left sitting in their house with their friends, crying, remembering Lazarus, as he lays in a tomb, dead. Now as the story continues, Jesus still far off, and after two days of hearing the initial message, goes to his disciples and said, Pack up, we're heading back to Judea. The disciples look around. Did we miss something? Jesus, we almost died there last time. Why are we going back to Judea? And Jesus responds, Lazarus is sleeping, and I need to go wake him up. The disciples are puzzled once again and looking around. Sleeping? He said that his sickness wouldn't end in death. And how did he end up finding out it was Lazarus? Did we miss another message? Finally, one of them asked the teacher, uh, Jesus, Rabbi, you said that this sickness wouldn't end in death. Sleep is good for somebody that's sick. They can rest and get well. Jesus looks to them. And clearly and plainly as possible tells them Lazarus is dead. The disciples are taken back. The teachers never lied to us before. He said that this wouldn't end in death, but now he says that Lazarus is dead. Jesus starts walking. The other disciples aren't sure whether they should follow or stay. Do we go back to Judea where we almost died? Finally, after a little prodding from Thomas, he tells them, if the master goes to die, let's go with him. And so the disciples, one by one, follow Jesus. And they walk for several hours and into the night. And the next day, they can see Bethany at the foot of the mountain. And as they get closer, a man is walking from Bethany towards them. And one of the disciples stops him and says, Can you tell me about Lazarus, the brother of Mary and Martha? Do you know him? And the man replies, Haven't you heard? Lazarus is dead. He's been dead four days. Who are you guys? And they respond, well, that's Jesus up front, and we're his disciples. The man is shocked. I heard that you were called for. I I heard that you were summoned. We didn't think it was true. We thought that, well, we thought maybe you were afraid, that Jesus was afraid. We had heard what happened last time. We, We thought maybe he couldn't heal Lazarus. And so he wouldn't come. I have to tell Martha and Mary. And the man takes off back to Bethany. As everyone is in the house, Martha is told the news, Jesus is on his way. He's just outside the city. Martha hurries out to meet him. Running. Running to meet the person that she had called and put her hope in that her brother would have life. And as she gets to him, she explains, she explains, if you would only have got here sooner, if you would have only got here earlier, my brother would not have died. But I know that God will give you anything you ask. Jesus looks at Martha, understanding her pain, her agony, understanding what, has, what she's went through. And he tells her, Martha, your brother will rise again. Martha, misunderstanding, answers, I know, Lord. At the, at the resurrection, at the last day, I know he will rise again shakes his head, Martha, listen to me, and then he begins to say some of the most shocking words that he's ever uttered, the disciples start to hear him say, I am, and they know where he's going, they've heard it six other times. In fact, when he's, every time he has said, I am, it has outraged the Jewish leaders because he is directly quoting what, when Moses asked God, Who are you? What is your name? And God says, I am. And they know, once again, he's going to give a statement that is going to be unexpected, that is going to describe who he is. And Jesus continues and he says, I am the resurrection and the life if you believe in me even if you die you will live and those living by believing in me will never die he looks at martha right in her eyes and says do you believe this the disciples are shocked did most of them don't know if they believe this. I am the resurrection. I am the life. But Martha responds I do. I believe that you are the Messiah. And with that, she scoops up her dress and runs back into the village. The disciples asked Jesus, should we follow her? Jesus said, no, wait. Mary is coming next. And Martha comes into her house and looks for Mary. Finding her in the corner, she whispers quietly so no one else can hear. The teacher's here, and he's asking for you. Mary shoots up, starting to well up with emotion once again, thinking that she had cried all she could cry. she burst out in tears and runs out of the house. Everyone else that is in the house is thinking, she must be going to the tomb. Let's follow her. Let's mourn with her. But as they start to follow, they realize she's not heading to the cave. She's not heading to the tomb. She's heading out of the village. She's headed to a strange group of men in the distance. Mary continues the run until she gets to the feet of Jesus where she collapses. She lays on the floor, just weeping, wailing, almost convulsing, saying the same thing that Martha had just said. Jesus, if you had only been here sooner, Lazarus would be alive. Jesus looks at her in all her emotion, in all of her mess. He sees the crowd following. Also, tears running down their faces, weeping and crying. He sees Martha standing to the side, crying. And he is moved with such emotion. He says, where is the tomb? Someone in the crowd says, this way. And so Jesus starts to go to where Lazarus was buried. Along the way, some of the crowd start to notice Jesus is crying. There's tears running down his face. He really did love them. But if he loved them, why didn't he heal Lazarus? Surely the man that brought sight to the blind could have healed Lazarus. As they get closer, To the cave where Lazarus lay dead. Jesus looks up. And yells out. Take away the stone. Take away the stone. Martha's in shock. Gee, you can't take away the stone. Lazarus has been dead for four days. Martha knows what a body looks like after four days. There have been people that hadn't been buried before. After three days, they said that even the face was unrecognizable to the closest relative, that the body would bloat, that the body would smell that the flies would have already been there. You can't open that grave. You cannot open that cave. You cannot roll away the stone. The smell of death, the smell will be overpowering Jesus. What are you doing? But Jesus knew what he was doing. And so once again, I could hear him saying it in a voice, take away the stone, roll away the stone. Two of the men in the crowd, we we better move it. I think he's serious. And so they roll away the stone. Mary and Martha are standing there wondering what is he about to do? The disciples are looking on, And starting to think, he's not going to raise him back to life. Well, we've seen it before, but that was with somebody that had just died. He had been dead for four days. And the smell, the smell is the truth of that. The crowd looks on. Some of them believing that after someone died, the spirit would hover around the body for three days, confused on where to go. But after three days, it would leave, and the hope of resurrection would be gone. The hope of anything would be gone. The person was dead. It had been four days. Lazarus was dead. Jesus then with a voice that probably shook the hills, with a voice that made people tremble, called out. He called out for Lazarus. Lazarus, come forth. Lazarus, come out. A gasp goes through the crowd. This man out of his mind, this this boy, this young man has been dead for four days. He's not coming out. But they waited. The silence filled the area, and nothing happened. The disciples started to squirm. Has our master went too far this time? Has he went too far this time? Can he really be the resurrection and the life? Can he bring a man back who was decomposing and dead? Can he really bring that life? And that's when they heard it. Quietly at first. But a wrestling of cloth brushing back and forth. And then they saw him out of the shadow, out of the darkness. Lazarus comes out of the cave. Lazarus, the one who had been dead for four days, comes out of the cave, wrapped in his burial clothes, comes out of the cave. Tim, if you want to come up. This story, to me, is one that has so much truth in it, has so much insight onto who Jesus is. That Jesus is not just someone that can resurrect a dead man's body, but he actually is the resurrection and the life. And what he did with Lazarus can also be done with you and I. Because if we believe in him, though we die, we will live. And those who live believing in him will never die because he says, I am the resurrection and the life. This is a story for you and I of hope. Not just for those that have died before us or will die later, but for us right here and now, for areas in our life that we say are dead, for areas in our life that we say cannot be brought back to life. This is too much. There is too much decay. There is too much rot. There is too much death. Jesus can't do anything with this. And Jesus says emphatically, I am the resurrection and the life. So, if the ushers would come forward, we are going to respond in taking communion. And as we do this, Tim's going to play, and at the end of it, he's going to play and sing a song, and I I hope that you can reflect on it. I hope that you can reflect on answering this question as we take the bread and and the juice that symbolizes Jesus' resurrection and death. Can you answer the question that was asked to Martha Do you believe? That's the question in the story. That's the question that is left to the audience. All throughout the Gospel of John, he constantly points and tries to help you understand that Jesus is God. That he wants you to believe in Jesus and the power that he has. And as his final miraculous sign was the resurrection of Lazarus, for you and I, It's no different. Resurrection is possible for us right now today and for us when we actually die. So um, we're going to take communion. um, Hold until we all have it together, and then we'll partake together. Paul talks about in 1 Corinthians. He says that every time you take this, you are proclaiming the death and resurrection of Christ until he returns. The resurrection.
1: Feel the light reflect into your heart from what I said. Lazarus, my friend, come tell them where you've been. Come show. The voice the father prizes when it speaks my doubt is silence every lazarus rises and all of us are just like him if only
0: the cup the last supper and says this is my blood poured out for you this is the blood that makes that song a reality every Lazarus rising I love about how he says when I speak my doubt is silenced when he speaks my doubt is silenced do you believe That God is, Jesus is, the resurrection and the life. Let's take together. Now I left one part of the story out. It's the ending. Um, And I did that intentionally as I just want to highlight it before you go. Because sometimes we hear a talk like this and I believe it but I don't know what to do with it. My favorite part, and I didn't really see this and started, I still I, I started to study the story a little more. At the end, when Lazarus walks out, what's the part that I left out? Jesus says to those standing around, him, around Lazarus, untie him. Take off the head stuff take off the linens that had been constricting him, he probably would have walked out almost a little like a mummy, being very wrapped up in the grave clothes. Though he was alive, he still probably had the smell of death on him because the cloth, the linens that were wrapped around him still symbolized and smelled like death. Jesus could have, you know in his might obviously when he raised them from the dead just have the the grave clothes fall off but that's not what happens lazarus comes out alive and it's up to those people his friends and his family who are standing around to untie him do you see the implication for you and i somehow God has seen fit that we get to be, right, as it says in the Bible, co-workers with Christ. And you are given the opportunity to bring people back to life. You are given opportunity to, as Jesus works in their soul, to help them flesh that out. To take away those bandages that symbolize death that smelled like death, that had everything to do with rot and decay, to free them from those. You get to be an agent that brings about people's freedom. You don't just sit with the knowledge that Jesus is the resurrection, but you get to go and participate in that. I can tell you uh, that when you do that, that is one of the most satisfying soul experiences you will ever have. To help somebody who has been brought back to life flesh that out. To take off those, that old clothing. To take off those dead man's rags. To put on new clothes. Fresh clothes. Clothes of life and vitality. And that's what we're able to do. So, the band's going to come up, and we are going to finish singing about the reality that Jesus is alive. That Jesus is resurrected. That we get to take part in that kind of great mystery. That he didn't, in his you know, foreknowledge, he didn't take off Lazarus' death rags. He let those standing around do it for him. So... As they come up, I just ask you to rise and sing that out as we answer the question, do you believe?